0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa dear respected listeners of Radio Islam International. With the grace of Allah, we began discussing the fascinating country of Iran last year, and inshallah wa ta'ala, we endeavor to continue today, inshallah wa ta'ala. We mentioned that, and for the ease of our understanding, that the history can be divided into according to us, four different stages, the first being the golden era, which was the conquest of Persia and the spread of Islam to Iran today. And this occurred during the Khilafah of Umar radiallahu talanhu and we we spoke about this at length. The second stage would be uh, the the period of the Umayyads and the Abbasids. And we mentioned that uh, during the Abbasid era, there were a number of different dynasties in Iran which ruled under the umbrella of the Abbasids. And uh, uh, there were the Safarids, the Samanids, the Ghaznawids, and the great Saljuks, as we discussed. During this period, it was a time of at least nine centuries. There was a time of political upheaval and turmoil, but also a period of flowering of ilm. And we spoke about a number of different ulama across the spectrum of sciences who had either resided in what is present present-day Iran or had come here to study. We spoke about a number of the muhaditheen, Imam Bukhari, Imam Muslim, Imam Abu Dawood, Imam Nasseri and so many others who had either resided or were had come to Iran to study in that particular era. Today we focus on the third stage, which is from the 1500s. And as we mentioned, the 1500s saw a change in the history of Iran that altered the course of its history till today. We do know that there are different groups of the Shi'ad. We have the Seveners and the Twelvers, depending on the number of infallible Imams which they believe in. And the Seveners or the Fatimids, they had managed to gain some political clout in the first few hundred years of the history of Islam. But the Twelvers had basically nothing, and that is until the 16th century. Prior to that, Iran had been dominated mostly by Sunni non-Persian rulers since the conquest of the Sahaba in the year 637 Common Era. So the dominance of Shia Islam in Iran is a relatively new development, having only come about in the 16th century. And that is a very important point that most of us seem to have forgotten, and the reason that we have abandoned our history in Iran. So prior to this, Iran's population was mostly Sunni, following the Shafi'i and Hanafi madhahib, and it is said that scholars were of such great caliber in this area that up till the end of the 15th century, the Ottoman Empire used to send many of its ulama to Iran to further the education in Sunni Islam there. And then in the year, well, there were the Safavids who had come about prior to the 1500s. And looking at their origins, they, had, they were a long-established Sufi order called the Safawiya or Safaviyyah, which had flourished in Azerbaijan, just north of Iran today, since the early 14th century. And its founder was a Persian mystic by the name of Safiyuddin, after whom the order was actually named Safawiyah. And the Shaykh, he was from Ardabil and he was a Sunni following the Shafi'i Madhab. However, this Sufi order turned Shia in its orientation around the year 1400. And in the 15th century, the Safawiyah gradually gained political and military clout in the power vacuum which was precipitated by the decline of the Timori dynasty. And um, a particular Sheikh Junaid, who was a descendant of Sheikh Safiyuddin, Sof- Sof- after becoming the leader of the Safawiyyah in the year 1447, he transformed this order into a revolutionary Shia movement with the goal of seizing power in Iran. During the 15th century, the Ottomans had expanded across Anatolia and had outlawed Shiism at the turn of the century. In 1501, various disaffected militia from Azerbaijan and eastern Anatolia, who are known as the Kizilbash, which is the red heads due to their red headgear, they united with the Safawiya order to capture the city of Tabriz. And the Safawiyyah came to be led by a 15-year-old youngster by the name of Ismail I. And to establish his political provenance, the Safavid rulers, they claimed to be descended from Ali radiAllahu through the 7th Imam Musa Al-Kazim, uh, which later on was found to be a fabrication. And to further legitimize his power, Ismail, he also added claims of being a royal sassanian heritage of being of this heritage the sassanids which we discussed in the past were the ruling persians before the, before the conquest of islam so he claimed to be of royal descent as well and this he claimed after becoming a shah of iran so they went ahead and they captured the city of tabriz which is in northern iran and uh, with the capture of tabriz the safavid dynasty officially began And this happened in the year 1501, May 1501, was the official beginning of the Safavids. Ismail I, he declared Tabriz to be his capital and himself to be the Shah of Azerbaijan. And thereafter, he continued to expand his base in northwestern Iran. Throughout the rest of the decade, Ismail fended off attacks from the Ottomans. He stamped out the remnants, remnants of a rival faction called the And also he continued to expand his territory, adding many other cities, famous cities in Iran, such as Shiraz. He expanded to Najaf, which is in in, in Iraq today. Najaf, Karbala, Baghdad, all of these areas all came under his control, and even Herat in Afghanistan. So all of this ended in the year 1510. The Safavids, at the behest of the European powers, who obviously saw that these people have a lot of power now, military power, at the behest of these Europeans, the Safavids started attacks on the borders of the Ottoman Empire. So in 1514, the Ottoman Sultan Salim, he invaded western Armenia, causing the ill-prepared Safavid army to retreat, and he eventually took Tabriz from them. But the Ottomans refused to follow the Safavids into the highlands. And by winter, the Ottomans had retreated from Tabriz. And this warfare pattern repeated itself a few times thereafter, with the Ottomans gaining and then retreating, and the same on the Safavid side. So Ismail, who was really a fanatical Shia, he declared Shia Islam to be Iran's new state religion. And... Shias from other parts of the Middle East were invited to settle in Iran. These immigrant Shia Arabs, they were then granted key positions in the imperial administration as judges, educators and government ministers. The Safavid regime also went about repressing the practice of Sunni Islam. Sunni masajid were destroyed or repurposed and this was noted by a portuguese ambassador to china who visited iran from 1511 to 1512 his name was Tumei Pires, and he noted when he referred to ismail he said that he uh, ismail reforms our churches and destroys the houses of all the moors who followed the sunnah of muhammad and so this was ne- mentioned by the portuguese ambassador so the Sunnis, during these, this period in the early 1500s, they, they were they faced execution, they faced exile, they were many of them were forcibly con- converted, there was extortion, there was harassment, and there was intimidation as well. And within roughly a century, Iran had been transformed into a predominant, predominantly Shia nation, and it was in this manner over the 16th to the 18th centuries that the population of the territory of present day Iran and neighboring Azerbaijan were were converted to Shia Islam. To promote Shiism, the Safavids, they brought in scholars from Shiite countries to form a new religious elite. They appointed an official who was known as the Sadr uh, to coordinate this elite and to ensure that it did what the Shah wanted. The religious leaders effectively became a tool of the government, and the Shah was venerated not only as a Murshidul Kamil or as a perfect guide as, he, as, they, as they termed him, but also as an emanation of the godhead, and uh, he combined in his per- in his person both temporal as well as spiritual authority. There is an author by the name of Daniel W. Brown and he wrote a book called A New Introduction to Islam. So according to him, he says Ismail was the most successful as well as the most intolerant Shia ruler since the fall of the Fatimids. And it appears that he had aimed for complete destruction of Sunni Islam and he largely achieved that goal in the lands over which he ruled. His hatred of the Sunnis knew no bounds, and his persecution of them was ruthless. So this is what what, what had transpired in the early 1500s. Uh, Ismail I also enforced the ritual and compulsory cursing of the first three Sunni Khalifs, Abu Bakr, Umar and Uthman, and uh, to curse them as usurpers, and this was done in all of the masajid under his control. He had abolished the Sunni Sufi orders, seizing their property and giving the Sunni ulama a choice of conversion, death or exile. And this was, a natural fact, quite surprising because we do know, and we just mentioned that the Safavids owed their origins to a Sufi order and to a form of Shiism which they had now banned. And uh, they also reduced the importance of the hajj, the pilgrimage to Makkah al and replaced it with a pilgrimage to Shi'i to, to Shia, uh, shrines. Um, the creation of a Shiite state caused great tensions between the Shiites and the Sunnis, and it led not only to intolerance, repression, persecution, which was directed at the Sunnis, but also to an ethnic cleansing campaign. So the Sunnis residing in this land, which was always Sunni lands up till just a few years before that, they were executed, they were deported, and administrators were forced to vow condemning the first three Sunni caliphs, as we mentioned. And uh, before the Shia, Shia, the Shia and the Sunnis had gotten along reasonably well, and the the, the twelve Shi'a uh, uh, Islam was regarded as just a fringe mystical sect, but people got along. But now it was full-out war against the Sunnis, uh, and this is what was brought about by the Safavid dynasty. So... Inshallah ta'ala we wish to continue with our discussion. Our time has elapsed for today. But Inshallah ta'ala next week we will continue discussing and end of our discussion on the Safavids. And thereafter we will move on to present-day Iran. Iran in the last century and what one can uh, expect to see when they visit Iran. Jazakallah khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.